0: you right,
1: na not na-na, na-na, na it na-na.
0: Oh, boys and girls, welcome to the Pugnologist episode 132 here on Teal Town, USA. I am underscore something or other. (laughs) AJ underscore strong on the social media. Joining me tonight, of course, the one and only hockey jerk. Who? Who? And, yeah, there you go. Really? Dude, can't you, like, change shirts once in a while? Like, you've been rocking that for, like, the last three shows. Let's see if we can get you out of that, shall we? Hey, look at that. Oh, uprising, man. baby. <laughs> 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 you love to see it. Oh, hey, hey. Have a happy Mother's Day, would you? I hope you guys are all having a good time. Good, Nice little Sunday, if you were, to wrap up your week. And don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those fun little places. And don't forget, if you ever miss a show, want to catch it again, it's on your favorite podcast platform at tealtownusa.com and always on our YouTube channel. Remember to subscribe. And if you ever want to help the show, you can use that super chat option during the live shows or toss a little something in our Venmo tip jar. You can find it at Tealtown USA. Thank you for the support. We appreciate it. So this time around, well, it was an eventful week, wasn't it? (laughs) We're going to talk about the Tom Wilson debacle, NBC looking to sell their regional sports outlets, and uh, let's say giving credit to people who break news. But first, let's get into the Sharks games this week. A week where the Sharks played four games, took four of a possible eight points. They're currently sixth in the division, likely will finish seventh, but... Uh, you know, L.A. has two games in hand. Um, either way, and we'll get into this as well, Jerk, I guess you could say this was an improvement after finishing last season in the basement.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, they,
1: I don't know, they're, they're on the stairs of the basement, but at least they're not in the basement. So, you know, I believe I said last year that from here you can only go up, and they've done that. Um, we did not... Uh, we did not speak on how high
0: up they would go. (laughs) (laughs) We did not mark a rung on the ladder. No, we did not. No. All right. Game one versus Colorado. It's a 5-4 loss in overtime. Jones with the start. Will it be his last? We shall see. God willing. (laughs) Goals come from Kane, Hurdle, Kane again, and then let me see if I'm pronouncing this right. Meyer. I don't know. It's been a while since I've had to say that name. Uh, the Sharks piss away a two-gold lead twice in this one. Jones would let in three, shall we say, I don't know, horrific goals, <laughs> including the game winner and <laughs> overtime, and even Bugner calling, I mean, pretty much like everything except calling Jones out by name.
2: I don't know. Three bad goals, didn't get a save. I don't know. What did you guys watch the game? It's pretty obvious.
0: <laughs>
1: and <laughs> Yikes. Quick, the the that, that quote that Bob delivered for us, do, do you happen to know which uh, local media member it was that prompted that response?
0: Oh uh, I do not, unfortunately. Okay. Why do you ask though? I'm curious.
1: Uh I don't know. I may have seen the full clip. I thought it might have been you. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you know what? I was I'm still hoping for him to just, you know, oh yeah, Bob, you know, so question 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 and Bob's just like Who is this guy?
0: Yeah. Uh, AJ. Enough. You've asked enough questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, the loss eliminated the sharks officially from the postseason if you ask jerk i think he officially eliminated them sometime around uh valentine's day yeah uh, yeah uh, a fun one in this though uh randy hahn this is great <laughs> randy Hahn talking about uh some whining going on about the officiating kinnan falling and jumping to the puck and clearing his hurdle kinnan looking for a penalty on hurdle there doesn't get the call a lot of whining about the officiating down there tonight. Yeah. You can see it happening. Um, a lot of whining about the officiating down there tonight. Have you ever hung out in the broadcast booth? I was going to say. <laughs> Hetty has done a good share of whining about officiating this season. I'm just saying. Yeah,
1: I, I was going to say it, it's kind of ironic when you consider that there are times this season where their commentary has devolved into whining. Um, I, I still don't understand what
0: Hetty's beef with Kirill Kaprizov is, but whatever. I'm telling you, uh, and then to make matters worse for, for Hedykin, <laughs> I don't know if this was like a Freudian slip kind of a thing, but, uh, let's play it and we'll get into it.
2: You know, talking about villains, Raffi Torres was yes. a villain until he became a shark.
0: Then everybody loved Love the him. guy. I'd say top villain right now for the fans, probably Ryan Reeves. For Wilson. Yeah. I, I mean, know. for Sharks fans. For Sharks. Yeah, top fan for Sharks fans right now. Absolutely, Doug Wilson. <laughs> How funny was it that that played out just like that?
1: Yeah, I mean if you if you're wondering where Brett Hedekin's actually been these last two games. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's obvious he meant Tom Wilson, but just like to your point, brutal Freudian slip. I mean, just out of out of context. It, it looks like a, <laughs> it just looks like a hit piece. <laughs>
0: dude i'm telling you let's take it to the chat real quick here uh satan asking do you think drew remenda makes a full time return next season well i as part of the pre and post game show perhaps i don't think he'll return as you know the color guy that he was but as far as i remember i think he was on the docket to join for like 8 games ended up doing like 13 so they're obviously liking what they're getting from him, and if you look at last night, it, there was no Curtis Brown. It was just Laura Britt and Drew, and it was fantastic. So yeah, I,
1: I think if they do plan on keeping Drew Romenda around um, beyond this season, I think they need to they need to mail him a proper microphone stat. Yeah, uh, um, I mean <laughs> by you, way of you, Mark E. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to you got to do what you got to do, obviously. But you know, I, I I thought in 2021 that we were past doing radio, television, and podcast hits with AirPods.
0: You right? <laughs> uh, finally, on this one, the morning after this five-four overtime loss, Bugner addressed the media, and I asked about the issues with playing with the lead because. Through this game, that would mark 26 losses on the season for the Sharks. And in 16 of those, the Sharks actually had a lead. (laughs) Dude, learn how to play with the lead. Let's talk to Boogner. Out of the 26 losses this season, 16 of them, the Sharks have had a lead in those games. Is that something that you're going to focus on from now throughout the end of the season is learning how to play with that lead and lock it down?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, we've we've had situations where the games have been tight and, and then I, again, it, it just comes down to I'm sure there's mistakes made. Uh, the margin of error is, is, is not great, as, as we know. And I think that uh, um, you know, we try to get our best players to be our best players every night and it's not going to happen. And, 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 you know, some ex- inexperience is shown there. Um, you know, some, uh, um, some guys may be playing up in, in, in positions that probably, uh, um, you know, they're, they're, they're expecting a little too much too soon, but, uh, um, yeah, that all that all comes with time. And again, I, like I said, I mean, the, the business part of it's a process and same as, you know, uh, learning from your mistakes and getting better, and improving every day. And that's just uh, that comes with it. And that's goaltending, that's special teams, that's, you know, your giveaway rates and uh, uh, managing the puck and all the things that we talk about every day. Um, you know, it's we're going through this process and it's been a lot of learning um, and it's been a lot of teaching. And, you know, hopefully next year um, we're going to be a better team because of that
0: i'll hope you'll be a better next te- a better team next year <laughs> i you know what i've said it all year but man I really love listening to Bob talk he's uh, definitely feels like a no-nonsense kind of guy he's not gonna he, he's not gonna go daryl sutter on you and give you the you know boring once you know monosyllabic answers mm-hmm. but he's actually he, he's not going to give you the cliche stuff. You know, we got to get pucks deep. Blah 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 blah. Like he actually kind of gives you a little peek inside. Well, and that's the thing is like his
1: answers, like they they have substance to them. You know what I mean? Like there's something where you can you can take it and you can I don't want to say learn something, but you can you can help kind of develop the photo that you've that you've had so far. Where it's like, okay, Bob identified this as a problem. Let me go back and see if that's how i saw it as well you know what i mean so i just and i like you said he's no nonsense and he's just he's unapologetically transparent which i really appreciate because it 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 seems as though the the uh, the the operating stance if you will has been very raw raw cheerleader everything's okay and bob's like oh all right watch this and it, it's very refreshing for me
0: absolutely so we get into the next game, Game 2 versus Colorado. This one, the Sharks pull off a 3-2 win. Uh, Kozanash would be back in the net. And this one, I want to say, because they were officially eliminated in the previous one, saw some movement in the roster where uh, Schmielewski comes in, True comes in, Malosh comes in. Meanwhile, Donato, Leonard, and Jarosz slide out. Uh, I think this is probably maybe... I mean, tell me I'm wrong, jerk, but is this kind of like... First, let's give let us see what we have in some of the Cuda guys, and maybe also a reward for someone like Sasha who's done really well, really well with the Cuda as of late.
1: Yeah, I would say both of those points you <clears throat> you're correct on. I mean, like Chemilevsky, to your point, has played very well. Alex True has played very well. Um, Noah Gregor, I mean, he's kind of been the shuttle guy, and and he's stuck around as of late. So. I think it's rewarding guys who've done good things. I think it's seeing what you have in certain guys. Um, And I I, I think, too, whether or not this is the entire story or not, I mean, the Sharks are kind of dinged with injuries right now. I mean, John Leonard's banged up. Ryan Donato's banged up. Schimmick is banged up. Couture. Couture. Blickfeld's banged up. Uh, Sorensen, the only thing wrong with him is his his feelings are hurt. But (laughs) you... You're kind of seeing partially by necessity, partially by interest, I would say. You're seeing different guys every night, which I think is kind of fun because, you know, when when your goal is not like playoffs, you know, when you're literally just trying to finish the season and then look forward next year, you want to see what you have in guys. Yep. And this is the best way to do it is to just throw them in.
0: Yeah, throw them in the deep end, see if they can swim. Um, I'm looking at some great comments in the chat, a couple from, uh, our buddy Chester Chivo, and we will get to those, uh, after we wrap these up. So stick around because again, I see some really great comments tonight. Uh, so my notes on this one, look, it's the sharks give up two goals, but they are able to roar back with three unanswered hurdle would snag two goals in, in what it was his 500th NHL game while Eric Carlson would get the game winner on the power play, which I'm assuming was just to mess with me. <laughs> Holla!
1: Oh, AJ, nothing to say tonight. <laughs> uh, not even close. <laughs> I I want to make a real a note here about Hurdle really quick. Two goals tonight, as you mentioned. You know, a couple weeks ago when we did the who's hot, who's not, and we agreed nobody is really hot, yeah. I kind of think that we neglected Hurdle just a bit. You know, I mean, Chief, it's in the month of May, uh, nine points in five games, which is pretty
0: solid. Um, But dude, carried the team. The whole line carried the team for a few games there.
1: Exactly, and also he's got 43, uh, 43 points in 49 games this year, which that pace is very close to the pace he was scoring at when the Sharks went to the Western Conference Final two years ago. He would be... You know, if he played seventy-seven games again, like he did that year, he'd be on pace for sixty-eight points, which is not bad, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, and boy, it's almost—I mean, it took him a little while to come back from the Rona, but—and
1: that's the thing—is like he can—he can be, you know, totally asymptomatic. That doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to struggle to breathe and do all that kind of stuff.
0: No, I, I feel like dude has—you uh, know—it took him a couple games to to get back in the swing, but he's—you know. Showing that kind of hurdle of old, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and again, I mean, even Bugner talked about that we're actually relying on the hurdle line too much. We need more from the other guys. So,
1: yeah, and and you know, Kevin Kerr's and 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 one more thing, actually, hurdle if he played seventy-seven games, which I'm going back to that season again, uh, that's thirty goals. Can't can't complain. Not um, at all. You know, Kevin Kerr is actually, you know, he sent out a tweet a couple days ago. You know, it's it's pretty apparent that this team is a one-line team. 100% true. Um, I'm just glad that they've graduated from being a zero-line team because it sure
0: felt like that's what they were uh, during that losing streak. <laughs> oh, you're so right.
2: <laughs>
0: so we move out of the Colorado series that we put to bed four in a row against the Avs, dear Lord. And... Face the Coyotes for two more times, marking the end of them being in the same division. I was going to say Pacific. I I guess I can because it's technically true. Uh, Kozanash would get yet another start. This is the one that we all heard that Couture was out with a lower body injury, pretty much done for the season. Uh, Leonard would slot back in for Schmielewski. And among the Shark starters, eight players, 23 or younger. But, yeah, we're not rebuilding, though. Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> to that I say, you know, you say eight or eight players, twenty-three or younger,
1: you know, wondering where all the people are that say, "Oh, the sharks have no youth," because
0: <laughs> you know they're out there. <laughs> well, absolutely, uh, and and they're all on Facebook. Uh, for the second time this week, the Sharks proved that they cannot hold the two-goal lead. Uh, evidently, the most dangerous lead in hockey. If you are, in fact, the Sharks. Uh, John Leonard would catch a rut and go down awkwardly into the boards. Is uh, going to be out for the final two games. Uh, missed the rest of this one. Pashelka even tweeting out about how the ice had deteriorated in the second period. But uh, but tell me more about all that money that was spent in the offseason making sure the tank had quality ice. It's been a little been a little iffy. You I'm know,
1: saying. I I I mean I hate to I hate to question somebody's ability to do their job, especially when I don't know how to do their job. Yeah. But with all the money that's been dumped into the arena, to your point, new humidifiers, new ventilation system, new lights, new cement, new pipes. It makes me question No fans. No fans as well. Yeah, to good point. You know, it makes me question the crew that's works
0: on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a game sharks get up by two and then allow four unanswered. And, uh, Phil Kessel was a big part of it. We'll get into him, uh, and what he did this week against the sharks in a second, because we go on to the final game of the week, a five, four loss in overtime. Alexi Melnichuk would get his first NHL start and the sharks for the third time in a week were unable to hold a lead. (laughs) Well,
1: and you know what, despite, uh, we'll get into it, but despite allowing five goals, I don't feel like Melnuchuk played too terribly.
0: No, I thought it was not a lot of good plays in front of him. I mean, uh, you you had what Burns getting his ankles broken on the first Arizona goal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yikes. Um, it was, yeah, I give the guy a break, you know? Yeah, I mean, for his,
1: you know, in his first start to bring it to overtime, I mean,
0: yeah, not you know. not any not everybody can be Nolan Schaefer in their first start, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, the the talk of the town when it came to this game, and yes, here it comes, everybody, get get your keyboards at the ready. Eric Carlson showed just an amazing highlight reel oh. of stick handling <laughs> towards the end of the second period, making Phil Kessel look like he shouldn't even be playing beer league hockey. Now that was great. It was awesome. It was really cool to watch that three or four seconds.
1: Is, is this going to be turn into you talking about how he's such a hot dog and all this stuff?
0: Uh, no, not a hot dog. Okay, good. Not a hot dog. Well, well, I mean, we're talking about Phil Kessel, hot dogs have to come and do it somehow. <laughs> uh, but that play, it didn't lead to a scoring chance. And these same people ignored when EK65 got absolutely pyloned for Arizona's fourth goal. And they also conveniently forgot how Kessel picked up five points against the Sharks this weekend, including the overtime winner last night. And where did that come from? Oh, yeah. Picking off EK65 for his tenth goal in eight games and while Carlson barely skated back to stop that play. Again, proving the adage, hard work beats skill when skill does not work hard. Over these two games, Phil Kessel, two goals, three assists, plus four. Eric Carlson, one goal, no assists, minus two. Dude, Phil Kessel has 20
1: goals this season. Ten of them are against
0: the Sharks. Yeah. No, it's insane. I mean, noted (laughs) shark killer. It's just, it's dominance is what it is. Oh, dude. It's insanity. But but that's my point. It was... uh, Everybody's so hyper-focused on this, like, five, six seconds of play.
1: It was pretty cool, though. Oh,
0: dude, it was an amazing stick dangle. But I've we've seen a similar play from – remember that play, I want to say, it was either last season, the season before, and it was against – I remember it was against Colorado. Kevin LeBanc from the blue line, like, put a goal – or put a puck between a guy's legs. He's dipsy-doing in the slot and then takes it by himself down low, buries it. It was yeah. a highlight reel. But right. you know, but I I hear a lot of, you know, not so great things about Kevin LeBanc too. Oh, what, we can't just focus on that one play? No? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I I This game, I I think it was kind of unfortunate that the Sharks ended up losing this game just because I think they showed like that they still had some fight in them. You know what I mean? Down 1-0, down 2-1, down 4-3, and they came back every time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially, too, balsers. That's a guy the Sharks want things from. LeBanc, Meyer, Barabanov. These are, these are young guys that the Sharks want and need things to happen from, and they happened, you know? So I think if, if you're looking at it and you say, okay, yeah, we didn't get the win, but – you know how do we feel about our young guys after just this one game i think you're feeling pretty good you know what i mean gambrel Chemilevsky uh factoring into the equation as well with assists so well I think... dude can we say enough things about Barabanov? yeah dude i mean <laughs> it, it 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 screams you know 7 points in 8 games it screams flash in the pan yes. but but at the same time like this is not Somebody, This is not Melker Carlson scoring a goal in five straight games his rookie year. Like, Barabanov, look at, you know, check the, check the stats. Look at the homework. Barabanov is a good player and has the stats to back up said status as a good player. I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to score at a pace of seven points every eight games for the rest of his career. But I don't think bringing this kind of offense, I don't think it should be a big shock
0: at least for those who are familiar with his prior history. You absolutely right, my buddy. Uh, My final notes on this one, uh, and it's, uh, I wouldn't say, it's about particularly about these four games, but Randy Hahn, Brody Brazil, and a, a couple others, they've pointed back at that kind of run in April particularly against the Kings and the Ducks. They went like 0-7-1. That was the undoing of the season. That was the reason why they couldn't slide into that fourth spot. And I take issue with that. I, I Through 55 games, the Sharks have lost 27. So almost half of their games, right? But 13 of those, the Sharks had the lead. And of seven losses in overtime... And six of them, the Sharks had a lead. So I can't, I can't look at it and say, oh, it was right with the, you know, it was, the, it was a bad couple of weeks with oh seven and one. I'm going, no, I think it's more the fact that there was so many missed opportunities where they had a lead and couldn't hold it. Whether it was the defense, whether it was the goaltending, combination of both, two things can be true. Whatever, I think that stands out more for me than oh, a, a, a crappy week and a half.
1: Well, and 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 you you're going to see even good teams. You're going to see teams squander leads. It happens all the time. And you're going to see
0: teams have a bad week.
1: Yeah, but to to your point, to squander a lead that many times, mm-hmm. it's just brutal. Like if you cleaned up half of those games, it, there maybe we're having a different conversation.
0: Yeah, you're uh, you right. <laughs> So, uh, and this is, of course, Jerk's favorite point of the show, because we've been talking about it all season. After 55 games, the Sharks have 49 points. Last season, after the same amount, they had 52 points. Damn it. They only play one more game. (laughs) The best they can do is 51, sir. But, but, as I noted early in the show, they will not finish in the basement. Mathematically, it can't happen. Anaheim was that bad. So we give Jerk half a cookie. Because he said they would be better this season. And if you don't look at the points, but just look at the standings, Jerk was right.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. And also because, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm the math guy here. So the Sharks, they've got, as it stands right now, uh, they have 49 points in 55 games. That pace, if you math that out, over 70 games, which is how many they played last year, they would have 62 points. They finished last year with 63 points. <laughs> so, Satan calling it out. I'm just saying, if the Sharks win this next game, points per game might be in my
0: favor. Well, There you go. There <laughs> you go. And now I have to ask you because there are uh, some people lamenting it. Uh, what's the drinking game next season? Now that Arizona's out of the division, um, <laughs> Is it cr- something about like mentions of like Pike's Market or something when they whenever they play Seattle or something? I I, I I've never been to Oregon,
1: so I couldn't tell you. Um, but. <laughs> I think it has to be something... I don't know. Take a drink every time you hear... Oh, sorry there, Honor. Oh, sorry, Randy.
0: Oh, the heady drinking game. I like it.
1: Yeah, or... Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe take a drink every time Hedekin is two-thirds of the way through making a point and then starts over as if you weren't listening.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And speaking of the broadcast group... Um, Look, I I mean I love the guys who do pre and post, but uh, <sighs> am I the only one that's tired of Curtis Brown refusing to talk about something if it's not positive? Like, there's more than a couple times when like Brody's brought something up that's that's you know it's not a good stat. Laura Britt this week said started to mention the the power play, and it it's been atrocious. I believe it's like 28th in the league. It's horrible. And he's like, well, I don't want to talk about, you know, that. I want to talk about, you know, how beautiful the shark's head looks or something. You know, it's like, bro, the sharks aren't paying you. It's NBC. You can at least acknowledge reality. hmm You know, like, come
1: on. I don't man. know. I just, you I know. I love it, you, man, but jeez, It just, it further um, confirms my decision to not watch anything except for the game <laughs> itself <laughs> you know what i mean as soon as that anthem's over seven thirty-seven, that's when we fire the tv on you know what i mean mm-hmm. and goes to intermission set a timer for 18 minutes go do something else well <sighs> that's that's the uh if you wanted to watch the game like me <laughs> <laughs>
0: harky jerk vision uh yep. so final game coming up Against Vegas, who are let me check my oh that's right undefeated against San Jose this season seven and zero. However, this game could actually mean nothing for Vegas if they are able to beat Colorado tomorrow. Mathematically, Colorado would not be able to catch them. So, there's that. (laughs) And now playing the part of Curtis Brown, AJ. (laughs) Hey, I can try to be positive. (laughs) So, really quick. Um,
1: only because you were talking about NBC before I feel the need to pile on a little bit.
0: Pile it on.
1: Did you happen to see uh, the, we'll say, flambang that Pashelka did of
0: NBCS Sharks this morning? No, I did not. Lay it on me. See, I was, oh, it, it was Mother's man. Day, so I had to spend a little time with the parental unit. Lay it on me. Yeah, so... Um, oh, they, did they plagiarize? Well, so basically, uh, I don't
1: know how familiar you are with uh, with pro wrestling, but this is essentially the Twitter version of a of a Stone Cold Stunner. Um, he Pashelka, love him, follows me on Twitter. Oh, he he's just awesome. said He just said, "Just my opinion, but Sharks beat writers, and obviously talking about himself, Kevin Shang, all those guys, sure should have received some money." from NBCS Sharks for basically providing five to ten minutes of content for every pre- and post-game show this season.
0: Oh! Oh. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for calling that out. Even better, Pashelka tagged them. Good. (laughs) Good. Oh, man. That is fantastic. Oh, I'm going to have to slide into Pashelka's DMs and give him a, a stick tap for that.
1: And and we've talked about that before. Like, how many times have they put out an article that get that the skeleton of it is someone else's article? Yep. Where it's like, oh, Kevin Kurz of The Athletic wrote about (laughs) uh, restricted free agents and offer sheets. What do you think? It's like,
0: yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's those. I'm. Oh my Lord, stick taps to Pashelka for that one because I get I understand you know like Brody and Curtis uh, you know they're employed by them and but it's not them, you know it's the people behind the scenes. It's the quote unquote writers that <laughs> that are you know borderline plagiarists. Oh,
1: Vince G gets my wrestling references. Pashelka from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is – that's incredible.
0: Well, uh, I mentioned it earlier. I want to get to it now as we uh, kind of sashay our way out of that and into some other stuff. What is the plan for next season? Are we actually even going to know anything until the expansion draft? Uh, here's a, a cool question that I'm looking forward to your answer on, Jerk, from our buddy. Uh, if Hasso fires Wilson, which I don't think is going to happen, but if – Hypothetically, fires Wilson hires you jerk as the general manager. What are your first the first three moves you make? And I'm actually I'm going to switch that up and say, what are the next two moves you make after buying out Jones?
1: <laughs> well, okay, so let me ask you this: Do I have? Do I have, do I have? Do full? <laughs> do I have full creative control of the situation, or dude? Do you I own ha- the or, checkbook, or do I have to follow the plan that was started by Doug Wilson?
0: Uh, Whatever you think is going to get this team back to a competitive way, uh, ASAFP.
1: Yeah, ASAP is possible. So I'm buying out Jones for starters. Um, Step number two, I mean, look, say what you want about the contracts and the players that hold them. And I've been saying this for I don't know how long, but you've hitched your wagon to them. You have no other choice but to build around them. So no. I try, I clear out, you know. I think the top guy, Hurdle, Kane, Meyer, LeBanc, Couture, these guys are fine in my book. I don't have a problem with any of them. You need to rebuild <sighs> this. You need to rebuild the supporting cast. I no. love Patrick Marlowe. Stop bringing him back. You know, no. Marcus Sorensen, Asta LaPasta. You know, get some new blood in the supporting cast. Maybe that's Balsar's. Maybe Gambrell gets more minutes. Donato, Barabanoff. I'm a big fan of his. Barabanov, absolutely.
0: Uh, can we talk I about
1: th- the blue line? The blue line, I, but again, you've hitched your wagon to that blue line. You have to deal with it. I think maybe... I mean, Ferraro, Burns, Carlson, kanijov I mean, that's... More often than not, I would say, are pretty solid pairings. So from there, I think you need to... Find a way, a hope, and a prayer to move on from Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, I don't think you buy him out. I just think you maybe you try to trade him. Maybe you 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 tickle Seattle's uh, you know taint taint a little bit to to take him, which I I doubt that as well. Um, <clears throat> but if you can't do that, you need to find a right-handed defensive partner who supports what Vlasic can and cannot do, mm-hmm. similar to you know, Ferraro and kinisov for Burns and Carlson. Okay, Burns and Carlson have a specific uh, set of skills. <laughs> have a
0: very specific set of skills.
1: <laughs> Ferraro and kinisov pick up the slack that Burns and Carlson don't. Yeah. And so I think you need to do the same thing. Find somebody who can play with Market Word Vlasic. That's number two. The, or I would say that's 2A. Two, two is get rid of him. 2A, find somebody to play with him. Three, just wait. You know the sharks have young guys. They have draft picks. Just wait.
0: Well, and because our buddy quick, Ian's saying that quick, Vlasic is actually buyout proof.
1: No, that's why I'm saying you. Yeah. That's why I said you don't buy him out because it's like you'd it'd be cheaper to keep him. <laughs> you know,
0: so oh man, don't get me started.
1: <laughs> you know, so I just wait. You All know, right. because the the quick fix, long term, I think will make things worse.
0: So what do you think that the, I mean, we're not going for foreseen points here. We're not, we're not trolling for cookies, but what do you think is most likely for the Sharks to do come the expansion draft? Do you think that they sit there and go, Hey, we got a couple, I mean, Doug Wilson, again, Let let's talk about Doug Wilson for a hot second. He treats picks as currency, right? As he should. As he should. He talked about it, it's like oh eight picks coming up could be ten. <laughs> uh, do we see Doug Wilson float a pick towards Seattle's way if it encourages them to say take a Brent Burns or take some other contract? I just can't. No, I feel like <laughs> the Sharks could go. We'll give you our next. You know, our next uh, first round for the first rounders for the next three years. If you take Martin Jones and they're like, no, we're cool, man. We could, we Vam.
1: Well, that's the thing <laughs> is if you if you go back to the Vegas expansion draft, there were I'm not going to say better players than Brent Burns, but there were less problematic players than Brent Burns that teams had to pay a first round pick in mm-hmm. order for Vegas to take them. Yeah. Now, this is not to say that Burns is a worse player than them, but certainly more problematic. Age, contract, decline of uh offensive stats. I just it, I think you would be, you know, people say, "Oh, we need to rebuild, we need to retool." If you dangle something for Seattle to take a big contract, you're setting back
0: the rebuild. All right. Uh then we get the 23rd and 24th of july the nhl draft that should be fun uh, where do you think the sharks end up finishing you know even forget the, the goddamn simulator just like give me a number it's like yeah four for some reason i'm saying four
1: well so if if everything was all said and done right now um the sharks would be picking ninth overall but i think they can do better than that i see i see i mean la's got three more games uh yeah, LA's got three more games. I could see the Sharks slide down to eight or even seven, if if LA goes on a little run here, mm-hmm. because Detroit and Columbus, who are um, seven and six, they're done, so they're not moving.
0: All right, and uh, and I uh, I need you to uh, fill for about oh thirty seconds to a minute and a half. But uh, July twenty eighth, free agency opens. Uh, so we've got again, 21st is the expansion draft 23rd, 24th is the NHL draft, the 28th free agency window opens. So what do you think the sharks do? And have we seen Martin Jones play his last game in teal?
1: Well, I certainly hope that we've seen Martin Jones play his last game in teal because as, as we've said before, you know, you can look past one bad year. You can say, Oh, you know, reason A, B, or C, it happens. We'll get over it, whatever. Uh, but this has been the third bad year of Martin Jones' tenure as um, as the Sharks' number one goaltender. And it's getting to the point where the bad is starting to outweigh the good, literally. Three good years, now this is the third bad year. It, you got to throw him overboard, that's step number one. I think you're looking for – I think the idea – it seems apparent to me that Kojinash is one of the NHL goalies um, for next year. So do, the, now do they go you, for a stop yet? I mean, you have to. You okay. know, I, I think, you know, who – I mean, what goalie do you bring in? I see people say – I've seen people say Carter Hutton. I've seen Chris Drager. I've seen a couple guys. But here's the thing. Alex, it stay locked. He's under contract with that. I know, I know. <laughs> but it it, it it it's all dependent on where the Sharks see themselves. You know what I mean? If they think next year is a bounce-back year and they want to be in the hunt, then <clears throat> maybe you take a look, maybe you really swing for the fence on somebody like Tuca Rask, Frederick Anderson, oh, Tuka would Philip, Philip Grubauer, these guys. But if you say, yeah, next year is probably going to be a tough year, and we think that 2022-23 is going to be our year, okay? Maybe you go after a Pecorine, an Anti Ranta, a James Reimer. Maybe you bring Devin Dubnik back, honestly.
0: Okay, now, and I'm with you on this. I'm with you. Lacey wants to know if you paid the full 700 freight for that jersey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm with you on where you're going, but... I think we also have to take into account that you're saying you know next season is not your you know it is not the focus. It's the season after that. I said uh, if 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 yeah, but if again I go back to okay, so flat cap and who's expiring? Who do you who are you going to need on here? It's going to be hurdle. It's going to be Ferraro. It's going to be Leonard. And I know that there's another one that I'm missing that's going to be pretty key.
1: Um. Uh, Dana, are you talking about after next season? Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, not this okay.
0: coming, but next year. Who are you know, next year, the final deal? Like, there you go. That was the other one. You know, it's those those young guys, you know, that it's that triplet of Ferraro, Leonard, and Kanishov, but again, Hurdle. And dude, if Hurdle continues what he's kind of started this season, and it, dude, ever since, like we said, ever since the Rona dude's been trucking. Carrying the team, carrying that line, if he continues that next season, uh, you know, don't you think he's going to at least say, "Hey, I I feel like I'm as good as Couture. I'll take his deal." So
1: that's the thing. I think I honestly don't think. I don't. I mean, unless, unless Ferraro and Kniezhov play as well as they did this year defensively, and then both somehow find a way to score forty points each. (laughs) I don't really think you need to worry about their contracts, as Ian Reed says. uh, (laughs) Doug Wilson Wilson, loves
0: to screw those RFAs, baby.
1: Doug Wilson Wilson is very good at grinding down restricted free agents coming off of their entry-level deal. And same thing, I mean, I like John Leonard, but at this point he's only proven to be um, a a top guy in the AHL. Yes. I don't really think you need to worry about his contract. Yeah. No. So <clears throat> the tri- I mean it you you're right to bring it up as a concern but I don't really think it should weigh the most on sharks fans minds. I think to your point Tomas Hurdle that's the key because you know I would argue
0: well let this me ask season,
1: you this season well hold on Go
0: ahead.
1: you know this season and depending on how next season goes we could see Tomas Hurdle play as good as or better than Logan Couture and so to your point What's stopping him from saying, I'm good as
0: couture, give me that deal? Okay, then. So let me ask you this. For all the talk of the culture change that was supposed to occur this season, which I would, mm, I would debate that something actually changed this season. I mean, hell, even the records are almost identical from last season and this season. Uh, if there are no massive changes between now and October, and you're over 30 or... You're a Tomash Hurdle. You're an Evander Kane coming into your prime, and you're looking at this current roadmap that Wilson is throwing out there. Is San Jose somewhere you want to stay? Well,
1: and and that's the thing is 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 you never know because I could see. I don't want to get into it, but <laughs> a hurdle trade me but, right fucking now. <laughs> but like someone like Evander Kane, I could see him want to stick around just to eliminate as much headache as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see him want to stick around. And I think that, you know, I, I see people all the time say, Oh, we need to, we need Seattle to take Kane. Why? He, he literally is the MVP this year.
0: I, I don't get it. Oh yeah. Oh dude. In a big <laughs> way. Yeah. Like honestly, I mean for, and I think we've had this conversation before, but it's like, if you're making like over 5 million and you're on the sharks, can you say that anybody besides Kane lived up to their contract this season? Hurdle. I would okay. Yeah. You know what? But if we had talked about this a month ago, I would have been kind of hedging.
1: Yeah, but I mean the guy who was recovering from COVID. I give exactly. him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I and I think, you know, I, I see in the chat Rizzo saying sell high on Hurdle. I hate to say it, but if you I and, agree. and I I, agree. I I said it a couple weeks ago, and, and I was worried we were going to have to bust out the Kleenex, but <laughs> if you want to do a legitimate and hey not, fam, a
0: rebuild, fam, not a rebuild, not a rebuild... I got you.
1: <laughs> you know, not a rebuild, but if you are looking to retool or rejig or reconfigure whatever word you want to use, you trade Hurdle when his value is at an all-time high, and before you have to give him that couture contract yep. and try and take a couple less value pieces back you know get a replacement second line center who's maybe not as good as hurdle and then maybe scoop yourself up a draft pick or two or an a-minus prospect you know what i mean i i think that has to be the play and 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 people don't really want to come to reality but that's what you got to do in a retool i mean you're married to certain guys as i said couture Kane, carlson burns Lassick, you're married to these guys Hurdle, he's only got next year under contract, and he's going to want a bunch of money. Yep, trade yeah, him, dude, right, and win his value high, and get, <laughs> you know, get 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 max value for him, and kickstart the retool. And I and I make the comparison. Look, you think you know? People said that Carolina Hurricanes were stupid for trading Elias Lindholm because at the time he was around the same age and production as Tomash Hurdle but look at Carolina now. People say
0: they're the best team in the East or one of the best teams in the East, so it's clearly worked out for them. Hey now. Uh let me okay, just to have a little fun with this because I I enjoy poking the bear. You know this. Mm-hmm. Jerk man. Yes. You live in Vegas. You you are known for patronizing a casino once in a while, am I correct? Sure. <laughs> sure. All right. I I I've I've helped to keep the lights on if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Over the next six seasons, which team would you bet shows up in the playoffs more, San Jose or Ottawa? Ottawa. Well, no, I think it'll be the same. Okay, you got to pick one or two. Okay, which one has? Do I though? Uh, uh, how? Uh, yes, you do, asshole. <laughs> I don't think so. More play, Okay, I shouldn't say more playoff appearances. Uh, more rounds. Of the playoffs over the next six years.
1: Why don't you just say more playoff
0: wins? Fine, there you go.
1: I, you know, I still think no. Um, that's so hard. It's 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 tough to say because I like the direction Ottawa is going, but I'm still not totally certain that they're there
0: yet. All right, but you you know what my point is, right? Yes, I do know. Well, okay, so I'm just saying uh look let's let's move on and I want to mention really <laughs> if, quick if you Kev- know
1: then you know <laughs> really quickly Ke- Kevin Lacey obviously you all know Kevin Lacey saying I don't think hurdles value is at an all-time high I think his value is only at its highest it's been so far solid point. point two things can be true absolutely um, but you know what like you know especially if he, let's just say he comes back to the full year the full season next year and what if he blows by his career high Something to really think about.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we move on here. Um, oh, oh, this is going to be fun because it's time to, shall we say, stick out the big old one-finger salute to a couple people. It's always a fun part of the show. A friend of the show. Uh, I'm not going to name names because uh, if that person would like to remain anonymous they will and if they don't they will let you know but a friend of the show tipped us off early last week that joe thornton had put his los gatos abode domicile chalet if you will on the market and tsn yahoo sports credited us with breaking that news now again huge thanks to the person who gave us that tip we put it out there we got credit for that. We appreciate it. But a big old huge middle finger to Claudine Zapp from com, and Poing Vongs from Bay Area News Group, who also, of course, is part of the Mercury. They wrote articles a week after we had broken the news, and they didn't even credit us, but they linked to the sites that did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of NBCS Bay Area, they'll probably post about it in about a month. But, yeah, just, uh, you know. Big finger that way. Um, look, the Washington, speaking of reports, the Washington, Washington, well, I need a cocktail, is what I need. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that NBC Universal is exploring streaming its sports channels or selling them off. Right now, they've evidently scrapped plans to stream NBC Sports Philadelphia on Peacock over fears of, uh, of of complicating their broader stream strategy. But what does this mean? Well, if you are someone who lives in the Bay Area and uses NBCS Bay Area, NBCS California, to consume Giants, Athletics, Warriors, Sharks games, that may be changing. So just be aware of it. We're going to put a pin in this. If more news comes along, we'll get into it. But I got to... Look, I'm just saying. Jerk and I, uh, Jerk likes to partake of the streaming variety, where I will sometimes stream or just watch the broadcast. I I enjoy both, but I got to tell you, man, if it's if it's a tight game, you know, like we're talking playoffs and everything like that, I don't want to be on the you know the two minute stream delay. You know, I I'd hate to have Twitter open. And you see something that pops up and go, Oh my god, they won and you haven't seen it yet because you're streaming it, you know? Sure. I mean,
1: I I, I think two minute delay is a bit of an exaggeration, but I get your point. Uh,
0: well, it dep- I don't know. Have you you know, the 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 pirate flag that we fly is pretty damn good. It's usually like, you know, give or take twenty at to forty m- seconds.
1: I was gonna say at most I think it's been half a minute.
0: Yeah. But there's but have you ever tried watching the nbcs stream on their website Ufa no oh oh dude <laughs> i don't waste
1: my time with them
0: i know but when, when the pirate ship is down sometimes you have to take other measures and sure it, yeah it was uh, I think it was like a solid three minutes it's woof but anyway uh you know keep an eye on that space watch that space ladies and gentlemen put a pin in it if you will all right, let's get on to the fun stuff. We, you, you've you been waiting for it. I've been waiting. We've all been waiting for it. On May 6th, okay, that was three days ago, Colorado Avalanche forward, Miko Rantanen, find 2K as supplementary discipline for diving during a play with Mario Ferraro in an April 30th game. Here are my two questions for you, jerk. One, why did it take a week for them to throw down that that discipline?
1: Honestly, I because <laughs> have... everybody
0: was watching Tom Wilson video.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have a good answer for that. I <clears throat> I don't. I mean, especially with how many people whose job it is to watch the game, I'm surprised it took that long. I I, I I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer for you. Right, and <laughs> and
0: so my second question, of course, is as we've discussed prior why doesn't this happen more often? You know, a penalty not called during the game, but taking a closer look. Oh, you know what? That requires some discipline. Let's get it out there. Yeah. And funnily enough, I don't know if uh, if, you, if you're you keeping an eye on the, uh, the NHL PR Twitter. It was working overtime today. There was like, what, five fines and a suspension handed out like earlier today? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to throw all those out there. So... Let's get into the Tom Wilson stuff. I'm going to start this with Vancouver Canucks forward Zach McEwen. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. All right. Suspended for one game without pay for kneeing Edmonton Oiler defenseman Darnell Nurse. New York Rangers forward Pavel Bushnevich. Suspended for one game without pay for high sticking Washington Capitals forward Anthony Mantha. So... Let me see if I got this right. You can knee a guy, you get a game. High stick a guy, you can get a game. But you can punch a guy in the back of the head when he's face down. That only costs you 5G. Or 5, 5G, pff, I wish. Uh, No, five grand, right? 5K, yeah. whatever. Somebody, do, uh, Can I buy a vowel? But <laughs> it only runs you five grand. And you can take a superstar in the league, ragdoll him, and you get nothing.
1: Yeah, it should also be said that in this ragdolling, um... <laughs> d- d-
0: didn't didn't that person play for the Barracuda at one point? Ragdolling. <laughs>
1: um, in this ragdolling, uh, Panarin didn't have a helmet on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was ragdolled by the collar of his jersey. So, you never know. What if, you know. What if you pull you pull on the jersey too hard? What if you never I mean Adam App, Adams Apple injuries are very serious, that's something that could happen.
0: But also well, it's Watson, not as if there's a whole bunch of people out there with I don't know blades strapped to their feet, but go ahead.
1: No, I know, but you know what I mean? Like if I like if I come up behind you and I yank on the back of your shirt really hard, your throat's probably going to hurt. Yep. And also to slam him into the ice head first in a league that claims they want to get rid of head injuries. Um, But also, you know, haters will say the Rangers only had three games left, but Panarin's going to miss those three games because he's hurt. And it looked to me like he slammed his shoulder or his neck on the ice. Well, and what if New York was not going to miss the playoffs? That, but also what if Panarin hits his neck on the ice and becomes a quadriplegic? Cracks a a vertebrae or two. And I know people are going to say, oh, he wasn't hurt, so the punishment... Isn't that severe? I think that's bullshit because I think if you intend on hurting somebody and you don't hurt them, you still intended
0: on hurting them. Mm-hmm. So I think you've <laughs> one of the questions I have here. It's like does this further prove that Department of Player Safety doesn't give a shit about uh, player safety? I would say yes.
1: I agree, <laughs> and and I and I don't know if this is true. I would have to confirm it. But what I heard is they... that back when. Um, back when Tom Wilson boarded Brandon Carlo and got suspended for seven games, originally George Peros didn't want to sub- suspend him and only relented when Gary Bettman said, "No, suspend him right now." Yeah. So exactly. You know, and and and, and I'm sure you know George Peros. He's a very well educated person. Um, you know, he went to Princeton, I believe. You know, so smart guy, but <clears throat> at the same time. You know, it's kind of a mistake to have somebody who was known as an agitator or I hate to say it, but a goon because they want to keep that mindset alive. Like, you know, it's and I've heard people say, you know, older, you know, people who are more fond of the old version of the NHL where it's like, you know, they basically equate not wanting to have your brain mushed into nothing as being soft. And it's like, no, I'd rather have my brain when I'm in my mid-40s.
0: Yeah. No, and see, and again, I'm just looking for consistency or something. It's like You saw Blickfeld get two games for an ill-timed shot, like during a play. And you go back and look at that shot on McKinnon. It's clear he was not headhunting. Like, he's going for the shot, missed the shot. He was actually trying to get off the ice. McKinnon kind of skated into his path. It was, a, you know, an ill-timed event. But he got right. two games for that. Meanwhile, Wilson, you know, is drilling a guy in the back of the head when he's face down, only gets five grand, grabs another guy by the hair, pulls him down, gets nothing. Uh, But let's take it even a step further, too. How many people pointed out that Henrik Lundqvist got the same fine for squirting water on Sidney Crosby in 2014? Yep. And seven years ago, $5,000 bought you a little bit more than it does today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, even, you know. The, I mean, it bought you a little more, but also was a bigger
0: percentage of
1: contracts at the time. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, we had a little talk about this off the air, uh, but how about we just tie the fines to a percentage of what you make? Yep. You know, like as far as I understand, like in Europe or there's some portions of Europe, if you get a speeding ticket, It's not a definitive fine. Like in California, it's like, oh, you were, you know, 10 over the limit? Oh, 238 bucks. Doesn't matter if you were like driving, you know, weaving in between people, putting people in danger or out on the middle of I-5 when there's no one out there. It's like, no, you were caught. The fine is the same. I I like the idea of going, no, no, no. It's going to be a percentage because... Like the, <laughs> five grand to Blickfeld is a little different than five grand to Tom Wilson or Connor McDavid. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah, but the problem with that is you're never going to get, you're never going to get the NHLPA to
0: agree to make that change. Then, then I say we move to suspensions. That's the minimum. No, no more of this BS finding stuff. That's the only way it's going to change. Yeah,
1: and, and I want to point out something, too. Um, You know, people in the chat... I've seen two people in the chat say that Panarin jumped on Tom Wilson's back. No, he did not jump on his back. He skated in and grabbed him and only left the ice when Tom Wilson stood up.
0: All
1: right. And, and even... Let's just say, even if Panarin did jump on Tom Wilson's back, does that warrant having your head and neck slammed into the ice and then being... Punched in the head when you're down on the ice and then slammed down again?
0: Yeah. No. No. Oh, dude. Kevin Lacey going 4D chasing. Maybe Putin had something to do with the hit on Panera. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Wilson working a little Russian. Anyway. uh, So, aside from all this, can we talk about, for a hot minute, who the idiot that is running social media for Washington is? (laughs) Yeah, that was ill-timed today. Oh, how do you, how, how do you put that tweet out? And then of course, when you delete it, all it does is further prove that you, you know, fucked up. But I just don't even understand how you put that out. Like, how did you think that, Oh, that this is be, this'll be great. Like, I don't even get it. I think, I think I would have, Respected them more if they'd kept it up, because it's like, dude, you can't unring a bell. There are two hundred thousand screenshots of this; it ain't going away. You know, Petri- Pepperidge Farms will remember.
1: Yeah, and and I I just want to go back to the Panarin thing. You know, Satan is saying if you get on a guy's back who's double your size, wouldn't be surprised if you get slammed. I agree, but Panarin did not go into that thinking I'm going to jump on his back like a piggyback ride. No, he's
0: saying I want him off Bushnevich.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's saying this guy is hurting my teammate. I'm going to pull him off my teammate. And then Tom Wilson because he whatever has a screw loose, you know, jumped right up and, you know, watch watch the clip. You know, there's a perfect replay that shows P- Tom Wilson getting to his feet almost bounced Panarin in
0: the air. Watch the clip. It's there. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about Wilson's history for a second. This is not a squeaky clean guy.
1: No, and I think while we're talking about the NHL's rules, I think it's bullshit that after eighteen months you're no longer a repeat offender. Yeah.
0: yeah I completely like, agree with if that. If you you know, let's just oh, say, it's been eighteen months and one day. Now I can go kill somebody and it doesn't. Yeah, okay. Like let's say, you
1: know, let's say you check a guy in the head your rookie year and you're suspended for five games, and then seven years later you get another suspension. I'm not really looking at that first suspension because it was most likely a one off random play. But, you know, you look at the history here, you know, he's averaging, he's averaging a suspension every like nine months, it seems, you know, like it, like you'll say, oh, that was September 17th, September 2017. You know, he's not a repeat offender by definition, but here's the thing. That was three and a half years ago. That's not very long ago. I, for some people, that's still a recent memory.
0: Mm hmm. And and the the funny thing, of course, being is that karma is a bitch because uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Tom Wilson took a great knee shot yesterday yesterday against the Flyers. So we'll see how long yeah. that lasts.
1: I mean, you never you never want obviously you never want somebody to get hurt, but at the same time, everybody gets their comeuppance. Yeah. So
0: five and grand. Oh, go one ahead. more
1: thing, really quick. Jordan Carter pointing out the NHL. The NHL said that it's unfair to question George Peros. But, 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 but if you recall back to Wilson's hit on Brandon Carlo, you could make the argument that Gary Bettman questioned
0: George Perls. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. So 5k for this. And so as you would imagine, the Rangers are a little pissed off. Issue a statement basically saying that, you know, that they were disappointed that Wilson only saw a a, a tiny little fine, uh, basically calling out the NHL and Department of Player Safety failures for not taking, you know, a larger action. Uh, and again, we've heard this before. We have to protect the superstars. Now, I'm of the ilk that you should have to um, protect everybody. Yep. Uh, but anyway, they, they said that they, you know, we, we have a vote of no confidence in George Peros. And so what happened? Oh, feelings were hurt. And so when you only, when you get your feelings hurt, that's a quarter of a million dollars.
1: Well, and here's the thing too, couple things that come out of this. So, number 1, this statement was fully pushed by the owner of the Rangers. The owner, not the GM, not the president, not whoever, the owner. So, for starters, if I'm the owner of the Rangers, Dude, as soon as that statement goes out, I'm writing the check and I'm mailing it. I don't care.
0: <laughs> uh, Batman, do you take Venmo? <laughs> exactly, and
1: because honestly, like losing 250 grand, yeah, it probably sucks. But the Rangers are a cash flush team. But also, if you care about something enough, which the Rangers owner has showed here that he does, money doesn't matter. But also. The fact that it's an owner who pushed for this statement. And for those who don't know, the owners more or less run the league. So
0: just saying, Mm -hmm. you know. And so we saw what happened. We saw the fine. And then because of the quirky scheduling from COVID, of course, they would play again two days later. And exactly what you thought would happen happened. A party in the penalty box because you had three fights off the hop, and the, and I I lost count by the end of the first period. But I do know that this game set the NHL record for most fights in the first five minutes of any NHL game. That's yeah, pretty there was, significant. There were six. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there you go. So and the, and that's the thing. If, if Tom,
1: like, I think if Tom Wilson is suspended, you probably still see that line brawl to start the game. But I think that would be the end of it because the reason why there were so many fights is because nobody had gotten to Wilson yet, so they were basically going to run through the team until they got to him.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, like we said, the Rangers are are fined because they hurt feelings. But the thing that really gets to me about this is uh, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable. What, is that because they made it public and <laughs> it's terribly unfair to question George Paris's professionalism and dedication I don't think anybody mentioned his professionalism or dedication I think what they're looking for is fucking consistency that my friends is what the NHL fan is looking for from Department of Player Safety
1: would you like to know something just you know even further just kind of evidence, if you will, that this fine really was not a big deal for the owner and a fine worth paying. Whip it out. So it's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine. Yes? Absolutely. That is point zero 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 one two five percent of the Rangers owner's net worth.
0: and probably less of the value of the rangers (laughs) yeah well and
1: and and ian reed pointing out according to forbes the rangers are the most valuable team in terms of um all of them monetary monetary value (laughs) yeah and and that's not to say oh you know this is not turned into a whole oh rich people have a lot of money thing this is a oh what's the cost okay here because i still want my point out there
0: (laughs) keep it (laughs) well it's that whole idea it's like dude you play in the most famous arena in the biggest city on the planet chances Mm -hmm. are you probably got a couple bucks lying around yeah well he also owns the
1: knicks and to marty t's point
0: has his his hand in a couple other cookie jars as well there you go and and here's another question i have about this whole debacle we see department of player safety throw out videos left and right it's like this is kneeing and this is why we have done this and blah, 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 blah. I want to see Department of Player Safety start releasing videos that explain why this is not considered blah, blah, blah. Like, tell me why you didn't, you know, throw a suspension out there. I want to see the video. Do the same video, but explain yourselves <laughs> as to why you said that, you know what, this one, not suspension worthy. I want to know. Kevin
1: Lacey furthering my point that the Rangers have plenty of money to do whatever they want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay. Oh, you know what? I'm such a bad host. I forgot to lay our graphics in there, mofo. Around the NHL. There we go. All right. Um, I don't know if you know this. The coaching carousel has begun. Everybody, grab your hobby horse. Here we go. John Tortorella. What is it? Uh, uh, conscious uncoupling? M- like? Mutually agreed to part ways. Yeah. All right. Conscious uncoupling. Whatever. So Torts is out in Columbus, and yeah. we heard that despite beating the Sharks yesterday, Rick Tockett is out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as we all know happens on social media, there is no matter who the person is, Anytime someone becomes available, coach, player, equipment guy—if they didn't get canned from San Jose, there's going to be a group of people that say, "Should the Sharks go after him? Should the Sharks get Tortorella? Should they get go after Rick Tockett?" No. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: uh, Rick Tockett, I, I'm, I would actually be open to that because we've, we've seen Arizona's rosters the last three years, not really a whole lot there, but he found a way to get things out of people. So I I could be okay with Rick Talkett, but torts, absolutely not. But also, I don't even really think this is a conversation worth having because Bob Bugner has two more years as the Sharks coach. They're not going to fire him after
0: less than a year. But uh, it does uh, exactly what you're saying. However, I do believe, I think it was Pierre LeBron, there was somebody today uh, that mentioned that Arizona may be wanting to take a look at Rocky Thompson from the Sharks yeah. coaching staff.
1: And from what I remember when he was hired, I think I think a lot of people of stature within that the media industry were all kind of speculating if if San Jose was a stepping stone to being a head coach. Interesting. Interesting. Which I and you know, I'm like if a guy said, like if a guy says to me says to me, "Oh, you know, I want to go to San Jose to hone my skills as a head coach." That that's a pretty complimentary of San Jose, no?
0: I I would imagine. And, do, no. and, and well, we also got to wait until uh Seattle hi- hires Brenda Moore, yes? No, Brenda well, <laughs> it, it's already un it's
1: unofficially official, but Brenda Moore is staying in Carolina.
0: Well, look, we let let's move on to the awards as we're at the end of the season. Uh who you got for your, who, who, who what? End of the show. End of the show. <laughs> that that too. Well, both. <laughs> Two things can be true. Uh, yes. Vesna Best goalie, who you got? Vasilevsky. Yeah. Uh, same on my ballot. I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of debate in that regard. I think, I, you know, I, I think Connor
1: Hellebuck will get nominated again. But really? really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could see... You know, there's that's the thing is it's always like who's going to win. And I never really feel comfortable answering those kinds of questions. I like saying who's going to be nominated because it's open. It's a little more open-ended. You know what I mean? But I think – but despite that, something like best goalie this year, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean 31 31 wins out of 41 starts, (laughs) 926 save percentage. like As Hockey Jerk would say, might be good. Yeah, but you know what? Philip Grubauer's in that conversation. Mark Andre Fleury, Tristan Jari, apparently. Um, you know, UC Soros. So, the the list of candidates is long. But again, I think Vasilevsky has it sewed up. All right,
0: uh, for the Norris, again, you, your nominations. I'm assuming some combination of Adam Fox, Tyson Berry, Chris Letang. Um, Adam okay.
1: Fox, yes. Can Tyson Berry, yes. Can
0: I interest you in a Chikrin?
1: Yeah, I honestly, I would say Fox Berry, Jacob Chikrin. I mean, le, like Jacob Chikrin is very good defensively, and he's all, he's not also on got a great
0: 18, team. Eighteen goals this year. Yeah, and not on a great team. Eighteen goals as a defenseman. Hmm. <laughs> Boy, Dark, makes me want to give Dark?
1: that guy eleven and a half million dollars. And you know what though, race fan. I mean, I I think the fire is cooled down a bit. But race fan rocks. Also saying, you know, Darnell Nurse could get some sleeper votes. I would see that. Yeah. Maybe Shea Theodore. Maybe Dougie Hamilton. Maybe Jeff Petrie. Kale McCarr. I Kale McCarr. I see getting nominated. But it, <laughs> there's just the list of candidates is very long. You know, and and that's kind of where the NHL is going. Where everybody is good. It seems. <laughs> Uh,
0: unless you're talking about the heart trophy, I think that one's pretty easy to etch. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be what? McDavid, hundred points. in how many games?
1: 53. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know, what's funny is so they said on, um, on overdrive, they said any media member who doesn't
0: vote McDavid for the heart trophy should lose their voting privileges. <laughs> I would agree that needs Which, to be unanimous. And, you know the you one know, place that that's not going to be unanimous? Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> well, and you kn- you know that there's going to be some hero who gives Austin Matthews a first place vote.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that's, ah, he's going to get the Richard. Leave it alone.
1: But that's but that's what I'm saying is you always there's always one media member who has to play hero and they say, "Oh, well, this guy, you know, this guy took a boarding penalty against the team I follow. I'm not going to vote for him." <laughs>
0: So Calder, Rookie of the Year, I mean, again, this is kind of the same thing with McDavid. It's like if Kaprizov's name isn't already etched, there's a problem somewhere. Who could be a hero in this regard? Well, the thing that I would
1: say is, like, to your point, I think it's very easy to say, yes, it's going to be Kirill Kaprizov. What may kind of be a boot to the groin for a lot of Sharks fans I could see Josh Norris be a nominee because even I'm okay with that because here's the thing, even though the it's pretty much sewed up for Kirill Kaprizov for formality's sake, you have to have three nominees. Yeah. No, I like that. And Josh Norris is third in rookie scoring. Oh, oh, and to your
0: point earlier, AJ, he's on a pretty crappy team. Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to say this good for Minnesota. Because it's yeah. you know it seems like they're just they've never real had never really had like a big superstar you know what I mean? For, Dude, for- their their last superstar was
1: Marion Gabrick. Uh, my point exactly. And he left Minnesota, I think, in two thousand
0: eight. Yeah. So, again, my point being, good for for Minnesota. It, you know, it's nice to see that. And then, uh, of course, I mean, everybody's, uh, we talk about Mick David automatically etched on the heart, Kaprizov automatically etched on the Calder. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we don't think that Tom Wilson isn't automatically etched on the lady Bing. am I right? Mm,
1: right. And, and you know what, <laughs> and Kevin as well, um, you know, Kevin
0: saying Nadelkovich, the
1: goalie in Carolina, I, I don't know if he ends up being a nominee but same thing. I see. I could see him get some sleeper votes. So I think that's I th- a good point to make, Kevin. I
0: think Lacey needs to get a vote for spelling that name correctly.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I think it's time to kind of move on to uh, one of one of my favorite segments: tweet of the week. Uh, this this one is actually going out to Twitter. Not so much a tweet, but a description of what was going on when Tom Wilson was trending. Capital Forward Tom Wilson has handed three penalties in the second quarter. I I'm sorry, what? Qu- quarter? Well, uh, and dude, I'm surprised they didn't
1: say inning. Well, did you did you happen to see uh part 2 of this trend on Twitter? Oh, no, I did not. What was it? So, after after it came out that there was no suspension, it said, you know, it said Forward Tom Wilson, you know, NHL fans are in outroar over flyers forward tom wilson not receiving a suspension flyers yes i didn't misspeak <laughs>
0: uh, man it's uh it's just amazing how little respect nhl gets like or, i shouldn't even say respect just how ignorant the how much ignorance is is <laughs> basic out there. thought yeah Yeah, I mean, what were we talking about before we came on air? I saw something on social media that I was like, oh, the the fact that somebody was talking, they were talking about uh, moves that the Sharks had made. And someone said, well, you know, the Sharks have a history of this. Look what happened. They got Owen Nolan. They traded away Sanders, Ozilinch. And what did he do? He just went to Colorado and won two cups. Um, Sir, he only won one.
1: Not only that, but I don't Jesus think – I, I, like, I mean, I love Sanders Oz Lynch. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he was make or break for Colorado's Cup back in
0: 96. Yeah, and you know what, though? I mean, is as much of an impact as Owen Nolan had on the Sharks, because you, you go back and you look at that era. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of identity surrounding this team. Yes, you had kind of the – Misfits miracle grouping, whatever you want to call it with Urbe and Bob Airy as the captain and Alf and and Jamie Baker, what the you know shot heard around the world as far as Sharks fans were concerned. But that whole kind of miracle of ninety four and a little bit of it rubbed off on ninety five. But over the course of that, from the inception of the team, through about you know ninety six, this team didn't have much of an identity in those first five years. Then they make that move; they bring in Owen Nolan, this you know tough Irish son of a bitch, and they get Mike Ricci, and you bring in Daryl Sutter, and all of a sudden you've the team has this kind of hard-nosed, hard-edge identity about them. But it does make me wonder, you know, how how long did it take for the Sharks to find? A quarterback power or power play quarterback you know somebody that could patrol that blue line for a stretch it it certainly wasn't going to be mike ratchie well it that's the thing after makes you O's wonder Lynch, if they should have played if they actually should have made that move yeah well and
1: that's the thing after ozlinch i mean unless i'm seriously forgetting i mean brad stewart i love brad stewart and he was kind of the poor man Sandis is but mm-hmm. not obviously Sandis is or a replacement player but brad stewart i think like i said maybe discount Lunch a little bit but really not until dan boyle
0: you're right as much as i love brad stewart don't get no, me wrong i'm right there so uh i think that can wrap this one up our penultimate episode of the season if you don't know what that means look it up <laughs> <laughs> uh you can follow him in a hockey jerk you can follow me at aj underscore strong oh i'm sorry you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk yeah oh. I respect the underscore i know follow me at aj underscore strong if you have any questions topics you ever want to hear us discuss on the show please send them over to at teal town usa on twitter once again if you ever miss a show would like to catch it again Find it on your favorite podcast platform, on the YouTube channel at TealTownUSA.com. Don't forget to follow us on our social media networks, channels, whatever you want to call them. But just look, if you're on a social media platform, you're looking for us, do us a favor. Search TealTown USA, throw us a follow. And hit that subscribe button, tell a friend. Famous last words for you, jerk. So...
1: Uh, on Saturday, yesterday, if you're listening live, the Barracuda were in town to play the Henderson Silver Knights, and the game was actually at the T-Mobile Arena. So, I, you know, I said to the the lady friend who's never been to a hockey game before, I said, what are your thoughts on this? And she was like, all right, let's go. Oh, I so, thought you were
0: going to be like, well, I got this book I really want to get into. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we went to the game, Um, you know,
1: for really, I mean... Obviously, it's AHL hockey, not NHL hockey, but um, good seats for the price. Barracuda obviously lost, but a couple takeaways. Despite it being uh, the AHL team stepping into the NHL building, the warm-up music is still loud as all hell. (laughs) Um, They need to dial it back a little bit. As much as I love loud music, dial it back a little. Um, How was attendance? Um they said I think 3100 people which is pretty good for AHL hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um I'd say. you know uh Oscar Dance the Henderson goalie dialed in like was just crushing it. You know, and he allowed 3 goals but he played so well. Well, and he's um, seen
0: some time with the with the big yeah, club, so.
1: Yeah, he he has a win against the Sharks this year. Uh
0: so um, who doesn't? <laughs>
1: Uh, Danny O'Regan, former Barracuda, uh, who's been cutting the Barracuda up a little bit this year, uh, scored again. So that was um, that was really something. Uh, and actually, what's what's kind of funny is evidently somebody who follows me on Twitter was sitting behind me, and I had no idea. <laughs> So, you know, I I posted a photo of my seats and and, and this guy, he was like, oh, hey, I was behind you. And I look and I'm like, oh, yeah, you were, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but and you know what? I had a good time. You know what I mean? It's a it's an awesome building and it's been a minute since I've seen the Barracuda play live. So it was fun. And and, and (laughs) weirdly, I think the Silver Knights have a very fun goal song. I don't know. I just like it. But well, and that's another conversation.
0: I have to know. How did the lady friend enjoy the live experience?
1: She thought it was fun. Um, you know, I was telling I was telling her like it, it's definitely different. Um, you know, versus watching on TV. Um, you know, so she enjoyed it, and she, um, she got a Silver Knights hat because you know she's the local, she's from Vegas, and I was like, okay, cool, that's whatever, you know. Um, but we had a good time. Um, it was. She said it was something that she would be
0: interested in doing again, so that's cool. Um, All right. do I have to ask you do they have a uh, I mean we, we've seen it happen in different barns not every barn has one but uh does Vegas have a uh, bleached asshole youth pastor guy there? Oh my god. Anybody uh on a microphone like telling you when to scream or anything?
1: Um they do his name is Bojo um Bojo, but, okay. But you know he um he didn't come around. He didn't come around as much as other in arena hosts. I, I think he laid out at the right time and he stepped in at the right time. So I thought it was okay. What I really enjoyed, and Kevin is is with me here. Um, you know what, Kevin? It's it's better than the Golden Knights logo. He's talking about the Henderson Silver Knights logo. Um,
0: the I, silver. I Knights, like the Silver Knights one better than the Vegas one. To be honest with too. you,
1: I I like it. Better than the Golden Knights one, but it is—it's a little weird for me. But I—I I, generally speaking dig it. Um, but Kevin mentioning the town crier that the Silver Knights have—I love. He was my favorite part of the in-game entertainment. Every time Henderson scores a goal, they have a—you know—a guy. He's dressed up as the town crier. He's got the get-up. He's got the—he's uh, got the the Vuvuzwe, vuvuzela or whatever, and and he just, <laughs> yeah, and you know he just. <laughs> he just he gets after it and it was honestly of all the in-game entertainment it was
0: my favorite part all right uh well of course my famous last words uh th- you're gonna enjoy him joe pavelski <laughs> <laughs> 24 goals 26 assists 50 points plus 24 the third best season on pace third Best season of his career. Imagine what this guy would be doing if he wasn't a washed-up has-been.
1: Yeah, it Man. makes you think.
0: Oh, imagine. By the way, for those of you who don't have the stats readily in front of you, yes, those stats, better than anybody on the Sharks right now. <laughs> just saying.
1: And, actually, uh, I, I I threw it into the module, Pavelski's goals this year.
0: Oh, just, let me just... let me hear it.
1: Uh. So he's got as we we know he's got 24 goals this year at the time of recording 10 yeah. of them 10 of them are high value goals i'm surprised the number is that low to be honest with you but also nine are so 19 of 24 are mid or high value
0: and you look at it 50 points uh, I don't have the numbers readily available, but I'm going to say that probably 24 to 26 of those came on the power play.
1: Uh, well, see, that's the beautiful thing about a website called Hockey Reference, is it'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so he's got 24 goals, 13 of them on the power play, oh, and oh. Uh, 26 assists. Only 8 power
0: play assists. Oh, so 21, 21 power play points then?
1: Yeah, out of 50. That's that's still pretty incredible. And yeah. Also 50, 50 points in 54 games, uh, over an 82 game season, that is 76 points. And if you're keeping track at home, that would be his third best mm-hmm.
0: season. And, but Satan bringing up a point and I'm, and I'm really glad Satan did Dallas also out of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. My point. He's not doing this on a wagon. He's doing this on a team that was struggling this season. They had how many, I mean, they had the late start. They had to deal with the with the Rona like more than once. Then uh can we all like rewind the clock the a couple storm. months? Yeah, that ridiculous snowstorm that like shut everything down for a week. I mean, Dallas has had a ton to deal well, with this season, and they just barely missed the playoffs.
1: Well, and also, too, because of because of Tyler Sagan's injuries, he's only played in
0: three games this year. There you go. There's that too. And didn't Bishop miss like pretty much the whole season? Literally the whole season. So I mean, yeah. So there's like a lot that did not fall Dallas's way, and Pavelski was still able to put pull this off.
1: It's just because you know what? It's I hate to say it, but it's it's Um, because it's because Yoel Kiviranta wasn't able to build
0: on his playoff run from last year. Dude, imagine if Pavelski was good. Yeah, you know, if he was worth keeping.
1: That said, I I still. I still think it was the right play to let him go based on the information at the time.
0: Mm. It's kicking kick the smalls, though.
1: Yeah, no, for
0: sure. Definite boot to the groin, but what can you do? Yeah. So we're into this at a tight 90 minutes. Gotta love it. <laughs> Double the amount of time we want to go. Yes, pretty much. So do us a favor, subscribe to our YouTube channel or whatever podcast app you use. You can find everything on tealtownusa.com. And remember, there's only one left this season, but check out After Dark, the postgame show that follows every single Sharks game. And that's our show. We will come at you one more time this season next Sunday to wrap it all up. So join us for episode 133 next week. Thanks a lot for watching or listening, and we will catch you then. Have a great Mother's Day, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, everyone. Good night.